congregation of our Lord Jesus Christ. Some of us like to feed the birds with the crusts of bread or crumbs from our breadboards. We put them out on a bird feeder or we throw them out on the lawn. And this may attract many birds. A lot of them are likely to be sparrows. There must be millions of sparrows in New Zealand. Possibly thousands of them die every day, perhaps hit by a car or caught by a cat, or maybe they just die of disease and old age. Yet Jesus assures us in the, in the message this morning that God knows what's happening to every single sparrow in the world. Not one of them is falling to the ground without the will of our Father in heaven. So the context of this morning's message is this. Jesus assured his disciples of this wonderfully comforting fact and he sent, as he sent them out on a mission to the people of Israel. Chapter 9 closes with him looking over the crowds and seeing their great spiritual need. He urged his disciples to ask the Lord of the harvest to send out workers into his harvest field. In view of the great need for workers, Jesus sent out his 12 disciples to preach the kingdom of heaven and to drive out evil spirits and heal diseases. He sent them off, but he sent them off with a warning that they would face opposition, persecution, betrayal, and maybe even death. Yet he urged them not to be afraid, and he repeated this three times. In verse 26, he told them not to be afraid of those who would persecute them. And in verse 28, he said, do not be afraid of those who kill the body. And in verse 31, he exhorted them not to be afraid of what might happen to them. Don't be afraid because everything is in God's hands and he is watching over you as your father in heaven. Brothers and sisters, this is the doctrine of God's providence explained in these verses and described also for us in Lord's Day 10 of the Catechism. It is a truth full of comfort and security for us today as believers. In these verses, Jesus argues from the lesser to the greater. He gives us two illustrations of God's care over small details, and then he makes an application for us in our lives. So the first example he used was that of sparrows. These birds were as common in the time of Jesus as they are for us today. The poor people would buy them for food. Perhaps they were so cheap. You could buy two for a penny. The Greek word translates as penny as Assyrian. It was one sixteenth of a denarius, and a denarius was a day's wage. Luke tells us that a person could buy five sparrows for two Assyrian. They are of so little value that if you bought five, four, sorry, the seller would throw in an extra one. That sounds like a good deal. The Americans would say, these birds were dime a dozen. Yet, Jesus told his disciples, not one of them will fall to the ground apart from the will of your father. Fall to the ground means that one of these birds would die. The NIV has added in the word will. The Greek reads, apart from your father. Yet, God's will is certainly implied in this verse. 
Everything that happens in this world, even the death of a sparrow, is part of the will and purpose of God. Thousands of sparrows die every day, yet God knows what is happening to every one of them. He watches over them. He notices and cares for every little sparrow in the world. The second example Jesus used was that of hairs of our head. Each of us has about 100,000 hairs, hair follicles. And did you know that each hair follicle can grow up to 20 hairs in a person's lifetime? That makes a total of about 2 million hairs. Obviously, some people have more hair than others, uh, and the less you have, perhaps the more precious they might be to you. None of us, however, ever attempted to count our hairs. It's not possible. Yet Jesus assures us that even the very hairs of your head are numbered in verse 30. God knows every hair on your head, just as he knows every sparrow that falls to the ground. Brothers and sisters, after giving these two illustrations, Jesus applied them to the hearers. He described this argument by moving, as we noted earlier, from the lesser to the greater. Brothers and sisters, God is aware of every sparrow that falls to the ground, and he knows every hair on your head. So don't be afraid. You are worth more than many sparrows. Brothers and sisters, you and I are worth more than many sparrows because we've been made in the image of God. This is the difference between the animals and us. God created us as spiritual beings, giving us a soul and a spirit. We were created to live in a relationship with him. He created us with an ability to think and reason and with the freedom to use our wills to make decisions. God made us to rule over all that he had made, and he put everything under our feet. In Psalm 8, he says, All flocks and herds and beasts of the field, the birds of the air and the fish of the sea. We are worth more than many sparrows because God sent his son to die for those he had chosen. God demonstrates his own love for us in this, that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. We were not redeemed with perishable things such as silver and gold, but with the precious blood of Christ, a lamb without blemish or defect. As people who are created and redeemed, we therefore are very precious in the eyes of God. So, if God cares even for the sparrows, how much more do you think he cares for you and me? This doesn't mean that God will protect us from all trials and temptations. It does not mean that he will keep us from all harm and danger or sickness or suffering or sadness or grief. God allows us to go through some of these difficulties and troubles. When this happens, we need to remember that he is all wise and we can be sure that what he does is for our good. We can compare this to what we do as human mum and dads. Sometimes we have the ability to protect our children from harm or rescue them from danger, but we choose not to. We allow them to suffer hurt or a minor harm. Sometimes we do that 
so that they will suffer the consequence of their own forgetfulness or their own sin. Those consequences, we hope and pray, may keep them from falling into the same sin or consequences that are far, far worse. Sometimes we allow them to fall or to follow their own way because we know that later on, good may well come out of that. Through those painful and difficult experiences, we hope that our children will learn an important lesson. Brothers and sisters, in the same way, God allows us as his children to go through trials and to suffer harm. But he is a perfect parent, unlike us, and he is all wise, and all his decisions are made for our spiritual good. So we are assured that in all things God works for the good of those who love him, who are called according to his purpose, Romans 8.28. In the time of trial, we also need to remember that our Heavenly Father is a God of love. Again, we can compare this to our love as human parents. We're concerned about the lives of our children and grandchildren, about their circumstances and situations, their health and home, their feelings and emotions, and the trials they're going through. Out of our love for them, we want to keep them and assist them as much as we can. Our Father in Heaven is also deeply interested in us. He knows our every need. He's concerned about the smallest detail of our lives. He watches over us with a tender love and care. This morning as we read the scriptures, we see Jesus sending out his disciples on their mission. He wanted to, them to know that the heavenly Father would watch over them. He spoke to them so that they would have courage and comfort when they faced persecution. Christians were persecuted during the first three centuries of the early church under the Roman Empire. That persecution was not continuous, but varied depending on who was ruling and on where the believers lived. Some of the Gospels and letters of the New Testament, such as Mark and Hebrews and 1 Peter, were written to encourage the believers in these trying situations. They needed to persevere and hold fast their faith and to be prepared to acknowledge Jesus before men. These words of Jesus have encouraged persecuted Christians ever since then, all throughout the history of the church. We could give you many examples of this from the time of the Reformation. One of, the, one of these comes from Guido de Bray, the author of the Belgic Confession. He wrote about God's providence in Article 12 of that confession. This doctrine affords us unspeakable consolation since we are taught thereby that nothing can befall us by chance but by the direction of our most gracious and heavenly Father. He also quoted these verses about the sparrows that fall to the ground and the hairs of our head. Guido de Bray was captured and he was locked in a dark and gloomy dun dungeon known as the Black Hole. While he was waiting for his death by hanging, he wrote to his wife Catherine, seeking to comfort her. He wrote this, If the Lord had wished us to live together longer, he could have easily caused it to so be. But such was not his pleasure. Let his good will be done then, and let that suffice all reason. Moreover, consider that I have not fallen into the hands of my enemies by chance, but by the providence of my God, which guides and governs all things, small as well as great. 
I pray you then to be comforted in the Lord, to comfort yourself and your affairs, sorry, to commit yourself and your affairs to him. For he is the husband of the widow and the father of the fatherless, and he will never leave you nor forsake you. Keto de Bray was able to live and die in the comfort of knowing that he was in God's hands. These words of Jesus in Matthew 10 have been a comfort to all believers in times of persecution, but also in times of death. In Psalm 116, we are assured, precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. God remembers them. Their lives and the timing of their death is not a matter of fate or chance, but is all part of the plan of God. Brothers and sisters, a pastor once discovered that his oldest son had bone cancer. The boy was 13. During the next six years, the, the disease slowly spread painfully through his body until he died at age 19. When this cancer was first diagnosed, the pastor asked the question, why? Why my son? Why bone cancer? And why such terrible pain? In the weeks and months that followed, he kept reading the scriptures, agonizing over these questions. Then one day he was reading through this chapter of Matthew and he came across this verse and it hit him like a bombshell. He checked his Greek New Testament and read it again. Yet not one of them will fall to the ground apart from your father. This was a great source of comfort to him. God was with his son and his son was with God. Later he wrote a book with the title, Like a Sparrow on a Roof, in which he described the comfort that came to him, knowing that God is with us in times of death. May you and I also know this comfort when a loved one in our family is taken away. God is the ruler of life and death. Our times are in his hands. This God who is our Father in heaven is not only with believers in persecution and in death, but in all the circumstances of our lives, in all that happens to us. He guides everything according to his plan and purpose. He loves you and me, and when you lose your job, he is with you. When your business is faltering, he is there. When you break up with your girlfriend or your boyfriend, when your marriage is under strain, when you have a car accident, when you are suffering from cancer, or when you have to go in for major surgery, when you've suffered an injury, when your house or your car is broken into. Brothers and sisters, God is never the author of sin. He does not cause evil, but he is all-powerful and he upholds and rules all things so that whatever happens comes to us not by chance, but from his fatherly hand. This doesn't answer all our questions, does it? Doesn't always explain why God allows certain things to happen in our lives. And sometimes as Christians, we speak too quickly and easily, easily about what God has allowed and why there is suffering and pain in the lives of others. Let's not be too quick to guess the reasons for God's dealings with another person. Let's not probe into the secret things that belong to the Lord and that are often beyond our understanding. 
Yet the Catechism explains how these words of Jesus can help us. It says, we can be patient when things go against us, thankful when things go well, and for the future, we can have good confidence in our faithful God and Father that nothing, nothing can separate us from his will. All creatures are so completely in his hand that without his will, they can neither be moved or move, even every sparrow. So, beloved congregation this morning, don't be afraid. You are worth more than many sparrows. Amen.